Hey, what is going on guys? DK. Back at you with another video here. It's right the three game NBA main slate on Saturday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name's DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports slates. Before I get into the analysis, uh, I do want to say thank you guys again uh, for all support. Currently right now at 4.51 thousand subscribers. Uh, my goal is to try to hit 6k by the end of September. So in a little over a month, um, the easiest way to support me right now, since all the content is free, is leave a like button on the video, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell just so you know when I upload videos, you know when I go live. I will be live streaming for this three-game slate tomorrow, uh, 30 minutes before lock, 30 to 40 minutes before lock on my YouTube on my YouTube channel, going over all the news we have. Um, not really waiting on a whole lot, to be honest. We already have the Aaron Gordon news. We have Westbrook in, so not a whole lot to, to really... Uh, that we're waiting for, but I'll go, you know, give you guys a team-by-team -team breakdown and answer questions you have at the end. Also, uh, if you guys cannot watch the YouTube videos, I also upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below, which is the DKDFS show. Uh, but with that out of the way, let's jump into the video. So, before we get into the players and the prices for this three-game slate, let's take a look at the Vegas odds. Um, so, this was the slate that was originally set for Wednesday. I know I already had a video up and I already live-streamed, even though no games were played. Um, none of the prices really changed besides Harden and Westbrook. I could be wrong in that, but just, like, going over everyone's prices again, it looks like they only changed those two. Maybe a couple other players in Houston. Um, so it's basically the same slate besides that, uh, obviously, Westbrook is now in. Um I think I still have the same strategy for this three-game slate. If I'm playing cash games, I, I want a good amount of exposure to that middle game because the first and the last game have a lot of risk. There's big blow-up potential in both those games. Um, if either stay close, though, obviously there's upside. It's just, you know, the risk-reward factor, how risky do you want to get. Uh, but, yeah, we have Magic Boxing on the first game. It's a 13.5-point spread, 226 uh, over-under. I always talk about it, but... I still am mind-blown that this Magic team has stayed competitive against Milwaukee. I, I just don't understand it. Um, but they continue to somehow keep games close with a really, really short-handed team. We have the Thunder the Rockets. It's a 227 over-under. The Rockets are five-point favorites. Uh, and then finally, Blazers-Lakers is a 223 over-under. The Lakers are 13.5-point favorites. So again, obviously some blowout risk in that last game, but I think if that stays close, there is a lot of upside with those, obviously, the two Lakers studs. You got McCollum and Nurkic on the other side. So it's a really, really interesting slate. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. I think game stacking is very viable uh, on, a, on a slate like this since we have two games that have a lot of blowout potential. So we'll start at the top at Anthony Davis at center. Uh, at 10-5, I really like the Lakers stars. Um, if you look at their production that last game, Anthony Davis had 18, in 18 minutes, did not play in the second half. In 18 minutes, he went for almost 40 fancy points. Imagine if Portland can somehow keep this close. Like, I would not be surprised if AD or LeBron, or maybe even both, go for 70 if this game stays close. So, love their upside. It's a huge risk, though. Portland, obviously with no Damian Lillard now, like, the blowout risk is even higher, so... Again, it's all about that risk-reward factor. Do you want to take the shot uh, and hope that Portland can keep it close? Now, Vucevic is at 9-2. Kind of the same analysis I have with AD. Um, if Orlando is going to stay in this game, 
most likely we're going to see a big game from Vooch. We saw in three of the three of the last four games, we went for 62, 50, and 63 fantasy points. So I think it makes sense uh, if you're playing a guy like Giannis to run it back with Vooch. I, I know I mentioned this every slate, but it, it just makes sense, right? Because the only... I, I think the only real way that Orlando stays close is a big game from Booch. If we get the big game from Booch and they keep it close, we get obviously the normal Mets from Giannis. So kind of makes sense there to play them together if you want to go that route. I think the upside is high. Like Booch, which has 60 fans point upside in this matchup, he went for 60 plus in two of the last four games. So obviously got to like the upside there. Nurkic is at 8-6. I think he flies under the radar in the sleep. Um, now, he had a really good game, even though they got blown out. In 27 minutes, he went for 43 fancy points. Uh, we have no Damian Lillard. I think most people are going to go to CJ McCollum, and I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it's going to be CJ and it's going to be Nurkic. But I think Nurkic flies a bit more under the radar, um, whereas CJ, I think, will be a little more, more popular. So the upside is massive on Nurkic um, with no Lillard. He's a guy that can definitely go for 60. Uh, it's just, you know, really decent or really good chances the game does not stay close. Steven Adams at 5-5. So OKC Houston, again, this is a game I feel the most comfortable targeting uh, players. I think he's I think he's a pretty safe option. We're going to get 25 to 30 minutes from him. Again, it's a mismatch against anyone that Houston tries to throw on him. So I think Adams is a pretty safe play in the mid-range if you're going for, for cash games. I think he looks pretty solid here. Jeff Green's at 5-4. With now Russell Westbrook back, I know it doesn't affect him too much, but I don't think he continues to shoot that well. He kind of came back down to earth, only shooting 4 of 10 the last game. I probably will pass. Like I think he's viable, but I think I'd rather get to Steven Adams for $100 more. Brolos is the guy that I'm not super excited about. Uh, it's weird, but again, he's a scoring-dependent center, so... He literally has to his threes. If not, the floor is pretty low because all the rebounds are going to a guy like Giannis at the combo. Whiteside's at 4-9. This is interesting. Um, he did not start the second half in that last game. I'm worried. I think Portland might switch up their starting lineup. I don't know if they can win a game starting Nurkish and Whiteside together. So I think they might go with a lineup like Simons, CJ McCollum, Gary Trent Jr., Mello, and Nurkish. That's just a guess. Maybe they start Whiteside again, but I'm just a little bit worried right now with his minutes because I think they, I don't think they have a shot to win if they start those two together. Tucker's at 4-2 is fine for Valley. You never feel good about playing P.J. Tucker, but he probably will get close to 40 minutes. Um, yeah, he's a viable punt play. Gary Clark's at 4-2. Um, he'll play about 25 to 30 minutes. Again, I, I think he's okay for Valley if you're going more that Stars and Scrubs build. The Mets went a little bit down that last game. Obviously, the blowout risk is there. Another guy that I think is okay, but I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to play either Gary Clark or, or P.J. Tucker. Howard and McGee, uh, well, you know what you're going to get out of them. You're going to get 15-ish minutes. Both are, are productive when they're out there. Now, if you're playing that blow-up factor, which I think is certainly liable, if you think this game blows out, then you're probably going to want to target Dwight Howard because he'll play in the garbage time. He played 24 minutes there in garbage time, and it was really solid. So, uh, again, there's a lot of different ways you can go about this slate. If you think this game blows out, you're probably going to want to have Dwight Howard, and you probably will want, like, Simons or Mario Hazonia on the other side. will play in that garbage time. 
McGee's at 3-6. The issue with him is he won't play in garbage time unless Dwight Howard like fouls out. So he'll play 13 to 14 minutes. Um, 3-6, he can get you there for sure, but he's not really going to play more minutes uh, than that unless like we get something crazy like AD foul trouble or an injury or Dwight Howard injury, something like that. Uh, Baser's at 3-5. I just don't know. like The minutes aren't high enough right now for me to consider him to take a shot there. Noel's at 3-3. I think actually he is a viable punt if he gets like 15 to 18 minutes. Like He is a pretty productive guy when he gets the time. So I actually think he is in play as a punt. Um, it's a risky play for sure, but it can definitely open up some things. Ken Birch is the last guy I'll mention. I know I talked about him a decent amount here, but if you're taking the stand that this game blows out, he's the guy that will play in the blowout. And he's like a pretty solid point-per-minute guy. So like I think... It's the same same thing I said about Dwight Howard uh, that I'll say about Ken Birch. If you think this game blows out, maybe you get exposure to a guy that's almost mid-price and will get like 25 or so minutes. Uh, he'll play normally. Like He'll play 18 to 20 minutes normally. And if the game blows out, like he'll close the game. So if you're going that route, I think it makes sense to maybe get to a guy like Ken Birch. And that's it for center. So let's talk about power forward now. Giannis at 11-3. It's all about, again, how do you think this game plays out? If you think it stays close, Giannis looks solid, even at 11-3. He's a guy that can go for 70, no doubt about it. Uh, but there's good chance this game is not so close. Already talked about AD, already talked about Nurkic. Aaron Gordon is already out, so that's good that we know that. Gallinari's just okay at 6-3. He had a bad game the last game, which will definitely lower his ownership. Um, like, he'll play 30, 33 minutes. He can be a little bit scoring dependent at times, like that last game. And he makes her an interesting contrarian play, so I don't think a lot of people get to him. Mellows at 5'9", definitely comes a little bit more viable with no Damian Lillard. I think he has to do a little bit more offensively. Obviously, I would prefer getting to McCollum and Nurkic if you could, but they are you know a couple thousand dollars more expensive. So if you land a Mellow in the mid-range, I don't have an issue uh, as long as you think this game stays close. He'll play 40 or so minutes. So Mellow is definitely solid in the mid-range. No, no real issue there with uh, landing on Mellow. Roko's at 5-7. It's a little tricky because the minutes went up and down on him. 27, then 19, then 34. If he plays that higher end of the minutes, if he gets minutes into the mid-30s, then he becomes viable. But still, I don't know if the upside is massive on him. He needs one of those games where he has like three steals, three blocks, and like hits his threes. So I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to play Roko. Kuzma's still a fade for me at 5-3. This not playing the minutes, and he won't play it if a game blows out like big time. Like, they'll pull him out at the end, too. So, I don't think I'm going to get to Kuzma. House is at 5-1. I think the minutes drop a bit on him uh, with Westbrook now back. I think he's still in play. I don't think he plays as many minutes, though. I think he probably, I would guess, 32 minutes from him. Um, he is a little bit scoring-dependent. Now, the rebounds have been solid for him, actually, the last few games. 9, 10, and 6. Uh, but with now Russell Westbrook back out there. He'll take away uh, some rebounds, in my opinion. So I think House is another guy in the mid-range that I don't have an issue with, but probably not going to go out of my way to play him either. Ennis is at 4-4. It's just the minutes with him. Like, if he was playing closer to 30, then I would like him more. I'm not sure. Things could change, right? I'm just basing off the last game where he only played 23 minutes. Obviously, he could play 30. Um, if he does hit the higher end, if he hits closer to 30, I think he looks a lot better. But if he only gets, like, 22, 23 minutes... 
it just worries me a bit. And if the game blows out, I don't think he's a guy that will be in that closing lineup. Kind of the same thing with Gary Clark. Now, Hazonia intrigues me at five three or three five. Um, I don't know what. I think there's maybe even an outside chance they start him. Possibly, I, I don't think they will, but I think there's like a slim chance they might. Um, he's a guy that will play more minutes. Again, I don't think they're going to want to use Whiteside and Nurkic a whole lot together in this game. Like they need shooters, so I think Simons will be out there a good amount. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, but they can't play the whole game. So Zonia is a guy that I think gets decent minutes. Like if I had to guess, if every, if the game stays close, we I would say fifteen to twenty minutes from Zonia. If the game blows out, obviously more, maybe twenty plus twenty to twenty five. He's a guy like Simons that will play in the blowout. So he played nineteen minutes that last game, one for twenty four fancy points. Like he's a pretty productive guy when he's playing with those scrubs. So. If you take the stance that this game blows out, I think Azonia, Anthony Simons, and Dwight Howard would be the value guys I would look to. Gabriel would play in the blowout too, but I would just prefer uh, Simons and Azonia who will actually get run in the normal game. And then obviously we'll, we'll play in the blowout. Small forward, LeBron, same analysis out of the AD. I love his upside. It's just there's a really good chance this game does not stay close. It's the best matchup for them. The Lakers have the best matchup. Portland plays no defense. So love LeBron, love AD. I think their upside is absolutely massive if Portland can somehow keep this game uh, close. Middleton's just a pass man at 7-8. You know, the upside is there on him, but the blowout risk obviously is a little bit worrisome. Um, and he's just kind of been struggling shooting the ball. Like, we're not really getting a discount on him. Like, I want to buy low on Chris Middleton. I wish he was, like, 6'5 to 7K, because then I would have more interest. 7'8 just feels about right. Like, could he still go for 50? Yeah, he's got 50 fans points in him. But right now, I don't know if I'm going to take the risk on him. Eric Gordon's at 6'1", so with Westbrook playing, it definitely takes a hit to these guys. Like, I don't think I'm going to get to Eric Gordon. If you land on Gordon or House as the last piece in your lineup, I think that's fine. But... Westbrook playing really does take a hit to these guys. Terrence Ross at 5K. Him and Fournier are very, very similar. They're going to play, you know, Ross will play 25 to 30-ish minutes, Fournier 30 to 35. Both are kind of score independent. Both had a little bit of outlier games the last game, eight rebounds from Ross. Normally don't see that a whole lot from him. Um, if you're taking a stance that Orlando keeps it close, then yeah. You, you, I think you, you can have Anderson Ross. Like the upside is... 35-plus when he's shooting the ball really well. The issue is the floor is really low, and you're not really getting a discount on him. Gary Trent Jr. is, I guess, kind of the same analysis as uh, Terrence Ross. Um, Scoring-dependent guy, but the minutes will be there on him. I think even a little bit higher. Like I think he probably starts. He has it as threes. If, you, if you're taking a stance that this game stays close, then, yeah, I think Gary Trent is viable. Uh, obviously a little bit riskier of an option. Now, the wings on uh, the Lakers, Dana Green and KCP. Green at 4K, KCP is at uh, 3.5. I think actually both look pretty decent for value. My issue with them is they're also scoring dependent, but this is the best possible matchup against Portland. They play no defense. If this game stays close, we probably get close to 30 from both of them. So I actually think that they're solid value options. I think, you know, they have upside too if this game can stay close. Connaughton's at 3.6. With George Hill now back, I'm probably not going to get to him. Macmore, don't think we have to take a shot there. I want to go to Waiters and J.R. Smith. If I think the game blows out, it's Dwight Howard. That's the guy I'll play. 
And that's it for small fourth. Let's talk about shooting guard. Harden's at 11-4. The price went down on him a bit. I think he was 11-8 the last slate, even though the games did not play. So the price went a little bit down on Harden, a little bit up on Westbrook. So now they're they're really close. And I think we got news that Westbrook was going to be slightly limited. Um, let's see. What, what? So he may have a limited workload. Got to keep an eye on that for sure. Um, you know that obviously would change things if they limit Westbrook. But how much would they limit him? Like it's Mike D'Antoni, limiting Westbrook will play him like would be like playing him thirty five minutes. So yeah, the price went down a little bit on Harden. Uh, the upside does go down when Westbrook's playing. But you know when shooting the ball well, when he's knocking down those threes, he still has 60, 70 fans point upside. And I think he is your safest star to target, just because like. There's a very slim chance that this game blows out, where the other two, it's probably like 50-50, right? So I think Harden is probably your safest spend-up and probably a guy I would look to for cash. McCollum's at 8-1. Gotta love his upside here. Uh, If Portland can somehow keep it close, it's McCollum, it's Nurkic. He will play 40-plus minutes. The upside in CJ with no Lillard is 50-plus, easily. Obviously, it's not the best matchup against the Lakers, but... Really, it's just a minutes and usage thing. Like he is going to be the guy, and he's going to be, I think, pretty popular. So if you're going with the stance of Portland keeps it close and you want to get a little bit different, you could think about playing Nurkic over CJ. I think CJ is probably your safer option to Nurkic. Could you play both? Sure. I think if I was playing both CJ and Nurkic, then maybe I'd want to run it back with one of LeBron or AD and just go the full game stack there. Um so yeah, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of downside there to McCollum, other than obviously the blowout risk. SGA's at seven four. I think he is probably one of your safer cashing plays, just because of the minutes. Forty eight in a game that was in overtime, so forty three in regulation, and then forty four that last game. He's basically playing the entire game. Like SGA was struggling uh, early on in the bubble, but if he's going to play the whole game, like minutes are everything. So if he plays forty four to forty five minutes. Of course I have interest in SGA. Now, are we going to get 51 and 44 fancy points again? I don't know, but I think it's just safe because of the minutes. And obviously a good matchup, too, against Houston. So I think SGA looks really solid for cash. Schroeder, a little bit more of a GPP play. Going to come off the bench, won't play as many minutes, but still a guy that has that 50 fancy point upside when playing well. So I have interest in Schroeder. I think he's more of a GPP play. Can you play him in cash? Yeah, because honestly, the first and last game have huge blowout risk, so... Maybe for cash games, you just play, like, two of the OKC guards and run it back with Harden or something like that, or run it back with Westbrook, right? Fournier's at 5-4. I think I slightly prefer him to Terrence Ross just because the Mets will be higher on him. Like, he's a guy that will play 35 or so Mets if it stays close. Um, the downside, like I mentioned, the Ross is a little bit scoring independent. That last game, bit of an outlier. We had a block or two blocks of steal, three assists, eight boards. Normally don't see that a whole lot from Fournier. Um... But if you're a guy that's going to play Vooch, maybe it makes sense to probably get to one of those other Magic guys. You know, someone else is going to have to score the ball besides Vucevic. So if I'm taking the stance as the game stays close, it's probably going to be Vooch and at least one of those other cheaper Magic guys, whether it be Ross, Fournier, Augustine, Fultz. You can even consider NS. Um, so yeah, I think I slightly give the edge there to Fournier over Ross. Let's see. Simon's at 4K. I think he starts in this one. We'll see. But not a super, super high usage guy. But I think the Mets will be there. And he'll, he'll play in the blowout. 
Like him and Hazonia will get the blowout minutes. So I think he's viable. Uh, and I, I think he's a little bit safer just because either way, if the game stays close, I still think he gets good minutes. If the game blows out, he'll play in the blowout. So I think he's a safer value option. Obviously, is a little bit more score independent. But at 4K, if we get like 35 minutes out of Simons, I think he, he's a really solid value option. I don't think I'm going to get to Wes Matthews at 3-7. Just for the other guys I mentioned, like I prefer KCP, Danny Green, even though they're very similar players. I just like the upside a little bit more on those guys uh, and, and the matchup's better. I'm not going to get to Rivers. Uh, Caruso is a viable punt at 3-4. Uh, another guy you're not going to feel good about, but Rondo's doubtful. So uh, if everything goes well, we'd probably get 25 or so minutes from Caruso. He's a guy that can get you 20-plus fancy points. Again, really good matchup here. So Caruso's a, a viable punt too. And that's it. Let's finish it up with point guard today. Again, I already mentioned Harden uh, and LeBron. Uh, Lillard obviously out. Westbrook's at 9-9. Seems about right. Like, it's a really close call for me now with him and Harden. Um, yeah, it's almost 50-50 for their prices. Uh, if he's going to be – got to keep an eye on, like, what – how much he's going to be limited if he is. So, if there's no minutes limit at all, then I think Westbrook looks – pretty decent at under 10k if he's gonna be limited to like 32 minutes then it's a little bit more risky cp3 is at 8-1 i mean i think all three okc guards look good we will get 37 38 minutes from cp3 not as many as sga but he's a guy that can definitely get like he has triple double upside he almost had a triple double that first game so i have absolutely no issue with chris paul at 8-1 i think sga might be a little bit higher on just because the minutes but i think both look good i think schroeder looks solid too Bledsoe's at 5-8. The issue with him is just the minutes. And we have George Hill now active in this one. So we'll get 25 minutes from Bledsoe. That's about it. Can he get you there at 5-8 and 25 minutes? I think he can. But might prefer the upside and some other guys around his price range. Like, I think I would rather get to Schroeder for a little bit more than Bledsoe. The minutes will be higher on Schroeder. And I just think right now the upside is probably a bit higher than a guy like Schroeder. Now, we have Fultz and Augustine. They've been taking turns having the big games. Um... Yeah, it's a tricky one. Fultz will probably play 30 minutes. Augustine about 25 off the bench. We're no longer getting discounts on them, which makes them a little bit riskier. Like, they're no longer free squares. Like, Augustine was the first game, and he was 3-5, and Fultz was like 4-2 or something like that. So I think both are viable plays. And if you're taking the stance that the Magic keep it close, then I think you want to play Vucevic. I think you want to play Giannis, and at least one of those cheap guys from the Magic. George Hill's at 3-9. I mean, he'll play 20-ish minutes. I think he is a viable cheap option, but I might prefer some other guys, some other cheaper options to George Hill. Um, and that's really it. So, uh, again, guys, I will be live streaming for this three-game slate, probably 30 minutes before lock, going over everything, uh, all the news, uh, giving you guys a team-by-team -team breakdown, and then answering any questions you guys have at the end. So thanks again, guys. Uh, I hope you guys all have a good day, uh, and I will see you all tomorrow in the live stream.